I'm Dr. Brian Goldman, host of the CBC podcast, The Dose. Each week, we answer health topics in a smart and sometimes counterintuitive way you won't hear anywhere else. Like, what's the least amount of exercise I can do to get the benefits? Which psychedelics can improve my mental health? And how can I check for cancer if I don't have a family doctor? Top experts help me bring you what you need to know in plain language in about 20 minutes. Find The Dose on the CBC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. 680,000 to 3.1 million. Another one, 58,000 to 1.7 million. People listening to this might say, how, how is this even possible? It has been a summer of wildfires and wild storms, and many Canadians have lost everything to those natural disasters. They're left trying to piece together their lives. Bills are piling up. They're waiting for insurance money to come through. Actually getting that money when you need it the most, money that you're actually entitled to, can be a real fight. Some people call this a nightmare. Today on The Current Podcast, why people are turning to public adjusters for help in their fight with the insurance company, including folks in Atlanta, Canada, who are still dealing with the aftermath of a devastating storm. If you're on Prince Edward Island, there are few words that make locals shudder more than this one, Fiona. That's a nasty day. Come on in. In New Annan, winds reached up to about 150 kilometers an hour on the night of the storm last year. I knew the whole thing was kind of moving, not moving, but shaking. That was enough to shake and then twist the modular home where retired mailman Paul Williams lives. There's that little building over there with the white. Uh, can you see it over there? Just right here, like... Well, the cottage came around, and it's over there now. There was a cottage beside that little cottage. There was three cottages there. Two of them was away up the field, but went around that way. Paul's home was pushed off the blocks that support it, but he says his insurance company ruled it wasn't the wind that pushed that home. It was actually the water. And it turns out that's not covered by his policy. There was a picture there. Where's, that? Where's the pictures? I want to show her one of the, one of, one of the pictures. I mean, for somebody to come and to tell you that your house flooded and the floors are not even wet. And so Paul and his wife, Margie, hired an engineer who agreed with them. And they went to their insurance company to appeal that rejection. And it was their board of directors that heard the appeal. They wouldn't allow us to go into the appeal and they wouldn't allow us to bring our engineer we had hired. They wouldn't allow him to go in, try and defend us and say, well, no, it wasn't from water. So... That was the end of it. Uh, well, I mean, I had a lot of stress. Freak, like you'd never believe it. I could see where, I could see something like this cause enough stress for somebody to get real angry and do something they shouldn't do. If I didn't have her, like I haven't got a great education. So, I mean, she's done all the paperwork, all of this, all that. So it's really, it's more stressful than her, but she's a little bit stronger than I am, I think. We're done. We can't go through anything, like, I don't even want to, I don't even like to even think about it. Paul and Margie Williams gave up their fight, but 30 minutes away from their place, Eileen Walsh refuses to. It looks like fine almost from the outside, except when you look at the roof, going inside, it's really hard. So it's completely got it, top to bottom. Um, you can see over there, that's my master bedroom. The water's coming in because it just rained. I'm tired of trying to do all the work for my insurance company where they should be doing all the work. I'm tired of them not answering me back. 
There's just simple questions. I'm tired when I have to tell them that the fir- first tarp they put on my roof leaked the first day and them taking weeks and weeks to put another one up. I'm tired to, of calling them to tell them every time it rains in my house. Um, this didn't have to be this bad. This could have been fixed last year. Now Eileen has tapped into help that she didn't even know existed. Help she only learned about in a radio ad during a moment of desperation. She hired what is called a public adjuster. This is a small but growing field in this country. So we'll start at the entrance. Um, as you can see, the ceilings are all removed because this, due to this being a Fiona hurricane claim. This is Ramey Doran in Halifax. He was a builder before he formed what he says is the first public adjusting firm in Atlantic Canada. Public adjusters are insurance adjusters hired by homeowners, not insurance companies, to help them settle their cases. It's a little known field in Canada, but more common in the United States. Honestly, at the very beginning, we were, uh, we were seen as the enemy. It was very difficult at the beginning. The insurance companies uh, were reluctant to talk to us, reluctant to share information. It was very difficult. Um, there was even some adjusters that had even, un- hadn't even seen the concept of a public adjuster before we sent them our representation agreement and said, hey, we're representing this client. They had to go to their managers to get confirmation that they could talk to us because it was such a new thing for, for the adjuster strain in this area. The insurance industry is swamped. Climate change, as you know, is causing insurance claims and rates to spike. A report out this year from the Insurance Institute of Canada says severe weather claims are expected to double over the next 10 years. And Ramey says his business has doubled in the last year. Many of his customers tell him they have felt powerless. It is a massive power imbalance. Insurance companies, I've said it before, it's it's like a a beer league pickup team going up against an NHL hockey team, right? What are the chances of success? They're, 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 They're impossible. Brandon Sobel has been listening into all of this. After years in the insurance industry in Toronto, he and his father stopped working for insurance companies and became public adjusters. Brandon's with me in our studio in Toronto. Good morning. Good morning, Matt. What do you do? What do we do? Um, we represent policyholders when they're faced with a massive disaster in the middle of their life. Their, their life gets turned upside down from fires, hurricanes, any, any major disaster. Uh, and we represent their best interests uh, to make sure that they get a fair and reasonable settlement from their insurance company. What does that mean, you represent their best interests? Somebody has a nightmare of a scenario, their house gets washed into the sea, like in Fiona, or there's a fire, there's a flood. What happens? Every policyholder has a duty to prove their loss. So we help them through that process because it is very complicated, as you can imagine. It is extremely stressful. It's very emotional for people. And without proper guidance and expertise in their corner, they're, they're fighting a massive company with a lot of experience. Who pays you? The policyholder pays us. So they pay you to try to get more from the insurance company? We, we work on a percentage, on a contingency of their claim. Uh, we handle their all aspects of their claim mm-hmm. for them. We become the voice of the policyholder. So once we've been retained, the insurance company doesn't speak to the policyholder anymore. We become their voice. It's like having a lawyer in a lawsuit. So how much, what, what's the high, what's the ceiling of the I, I percentage? Can, I'll give you a rough example. I could say five to 30%. Okay. It depends. Who are your clients? Describe a situation. I mean, we just heard a bunch of, of, of sure. folks who have gone through terrible experiences and trying to come up against an insurance company. Who are your clients? What are they going through? We get calls at all stages of the claim process. Sometimes people call where there's still literally flames coming out of the roof of their house, and they just realize that this is far above their area of expertise or comfort, and they just have a, a, a satisfaction knowing there's somebody in their corner that can help them. Uh, we get calls a year later 
when people have literally pulled out their hair because they can't handle the stress of dealing with this anymore. It's anybody that I'll say has a, a major loss. We don't want claims that are, or we don't handle claims that are $20,000, for example. It's not worth it for us. It's not worth it for the policyholder. And so we pay for insurance with the assumption that if that terrible thing happens, we'll be taken care of because we put money, a lot of money, into that insurance policy. Why is it so difficult for people to get what they feel like they are owed? Why is it that they feel as though they've been treated badly by insurance companies? I think um, some of the comments made by the, the contractor before are hitting, pretty much hit it right on the, the nail on the head. The insurance company, the insurance industry does not have the capabilities to deal with the frequency and severity of these natural disasters that are becoming more popular. The, this has changed the industry. I've got, I'll give you a quick example. I've got a claim right now north of the GTA. The adjuster is signed by the insurance companies in Vancouver. That, that doesn't even make sense. On the other side of the country. The other side of the country. It doesn't even make sense. Mm. And I've spoken to this adjuster now a couple times. Um, I've recently learned she's only been in the industry for two months. And she confided to me she has 170 files in two months. She told me she likely will not maintain this job past Christmas. She can't handle it. So that's a volume issue. And that's we can talk more about issue. that in just a moment. But there is also, I mean, this idea of somebody said, you know, it's, it's like a beer league pickup team going up against the NHL. There is this idea that might circulate if you have ever gone up against the insurance company, that the insurance company is going to try and stall. The insurance company is going to try and, and run the clock, rag the puck, whatever metaphor you want to use, so that you get to a point where you feel like you have to settle. You worked in the insurance industry for a long time. How much of that have you seen? Um, to say it's deliberate, I, that would be a stretch, I think. I don't think their insurance companies are purposely going out of their way to delay claims. You don't think that? I don't think so. But does that happen where the delay goes on and on and on? And eventually the person whose house burnt down, who's living in a hotel says, I can't handle this anymore. Absolutely, that happens. And, you, happens and you settle for day. less. It happens every day. And there, I'm sure there's a, a, people will settle for less just to end the pain. They're in pain at that point. They don't know what to do. So they'll take probably what the insurance company is offering them and they walk away. We hear those stories. Why did you walk away from the industry? Was there Were there things that you saw that led you to think that you could do this work for homeowners and said that you could, not that you're on the other side, but in some ways you are working for the other side. Yeah, we, we are technically on the other side. They used to, uh, insurance industry was referred to us as the dark side, but we don't feel that way at all. We actually feel we're the bright side. We made the change. Just, just that language says something, right? Yeah. When the people who are working for the homeowners are looked at as working for the dark side. That's telling. There, there's a great satisfaction in doing what we do. Um, again, some of these examples, I, I could tell you a couple different examples if, mm. you're, if you're interested. Sure, but, yeah. And you, you may not believe these results that I'm going to tell you. 680000 to $3.1 million. They were offered 680000 they got $3.1 million. Correct. And they tried on their own for two years before they found us. Another one, 58000 to $1.7 People listening to this might not say, how, how is this even possible? Well, how is that even possible? Help me understand that. How is it that what the insurance company would be offering is so low compared to what you could get out of them? It's, it's, it's spending the right time with the right experts and doing, I'm going to call it the investigative work to really get down to the nuts and bolts of what happened in a claim. And what happens a lot, and we see it in our office every day, the example I gave you of this adjuster out in Vancouver, it was, it was important because this young lady is going to probably leave her job in December. She's got 170 files. That, will, that, that workload will be transferred to a different adjuster, 
probably spread thin between five adjusters, and it's like broken telephone when you're a little kid. Now the message gets weaker and weaker, people get more confused, the claim gets out of control. I've had a claim where I've got eight adjusters. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Una Chaplin, and I'm the host of a new podcast called Hollywood Exiles. It tells the story of how my grandfather, Charlie Chaplin, and many others were caught up in a campaign to root out communism in Hollywood. It's a story of glamour and scandal and political intrigue and a battle for the soul of a nation. Hollywood Exiles from CBC Podcasts and the BBC World Service. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. You could imagine, though, that somebody who's on the other side of that, who was being offered the $50,000, would think that the insurance company was trying to was trying to take advantage of them, was trying, was trying to, to, to lowball them. So yes, this, this example that I gave you, absolutely that person felt that way. Um, and we come in and we go like, we have to start from, from, from day one and look at all the little details that were maybe overlooked. Maybe, maybe the whole team that was brought in initially wasn't prepared. Maybe there was a, again, go back to the natural disaster. They're swamped, they're spread thin. Let me just be on that point, because yeah. from the insurance perspective, they would say that they are slammed, that they are overrunning. Gloria Haydock has been in the insurance industry for something like 30 years, about half of those as an insurance adjuster. She's now with the Insurance Bureau of Canada. And she told us a bit of like what you said, in all of her years, she has never experienced a period this hard for insurance adjusters because of the recent storms and wildfires. Have a listen. Those are uh, an incredible number of claims. Somebody has to own all those claims. You want to help people. You want to help help them rebuild their lives. It's difficult for adjusters to feel like they've been really helping when they've got, you know, another hundred files on their desk that, that they're trying to help as well. And when you can't be there for them, that's difficult too. Do you have some sympathy for those people who are drowning in paperwork, drowning in those files? I do, because I deal with them every day. Mm. Um, and a, a big part of what I do, unfortunately, is following up and following up and following up. And on the other end, behind me now representing a client is some family that's lost everything they own. And they're angry. And that's why I'm going to say our role is so important because we understand the process, the claims process. A homeowner that has no insurance experience doesn't. I would say most people don't. Everything revolves around your insurance policy, which is... I'm going to use the word, it's the Bible of your claim. If you can't understand the policy and all the wordings, um, it's a complicated document. Some of them are 100 pages thick. Do you think most people have read their policy? I would say no. And if they did, I would say they probably wouldn't understand it anyway. And so how much of that is back to, we'll come back to the industry in a moment, but how much of that is on those of us who are paying into insurance, those of us who have the policy, to actually understand whether we're protected... For water, not wind, what have you. See, people, I think people think, as an example, let's say uh, somebody's home is insured for a million dollars and it burns down. You're not getting a check for a million dollars. There's no way. Not going to happen. Why? The industry doesn't work that way. They will bring in their team of vendors, all of their experts. And I mean, the insurance companies are a business like any other. They're looking at the bottom line. They have to. Every business is the same. And claims payouts is a, is a big part of their business. So they're going to do everything they can to manage that payout. And they have contractors, engineers, they have all of these experts that they rely on 
to tell them what the claim is valued at. But while we're working on a claim for people, we have our own experts. We'll, we'll value the claim. That's that's the biggest value a public adjuster can add. Gloria Haydock also said that she can help homeowners um, with these disputes, but she's not taking 30%, up to 30%, that she can do this for free. At, at the uh, insurance bureau. Yeah. Yeah. And so what do you say to that? Very different. Um, it, it's a it's a different role. I, I've never, I haven't been involved too much with the insurance bureau, but um Again, we specialize in larger claims. I don't know if any of the, uh, if she got a call from a $20 million claim, I don't know what they would be able to do. That's really outside of my area of expertise. I wouldn't know how they would help. I'm not sure. How does somebody know if they're getting a good settlement? If you've gone through this nightmare scenario and you've seen your life been turned upside down, how do you know that you're getting what you are, what you're owed? It's a great question. I, I think a lot of people get red flags um, at different stages in, in the process. Um, a great example is, is, is that somebody loses their home and a part of your policy is called additional living expense. That's to put you in temporary accommodation. Uh, a lot of adjusters we hear, and again, hear this daily, will tell somebody right away, you have uh, $3,000 a month. But if you have a family of three people and three kids and a dog, and you're living in a major city in this where are you going small town in this anywhere. country, where, where are you going for three thousand dollars a month? And these, this is an example, but this is a real life example that happens every single day. The policy, again, going back to the policy wording, it doesn't say that in the policy. You have a limit of insurance for this this one topic. Let's call it additional living expense. It might be two hundred thousand dollars. There's no breakdown that says three thousand dollars a month. So some people come to us right away and they say, I feel like they're kind of controlling what I can do. But the, pol the a policy is a, a policy of indemnity. It's supposed to put you back to what you had before. Mm. You're entitled to like, kind, and quality. So if you had a, a four-bedroom home with a swimming pool and you've got a kid that's a professional swimmer, you're entitled to have that. Because you've paid into I've it. I've paid a premium yeah. for that. That's right. So going back to your, to your question, how do you know if it's a fair and reasonable uh, settlement that you're being offered? Um, what I would tell anybody is, I mean, if you're getting a price from a contractor to fix your home through the insurance company, I would first thing I would do is reach out to a different contractor that is not related to the insurance industry and see if the price you're getting makes sense. Because we hear that all the time. I've got a price to, to settle my building claim for $250,000, but no contractor that I've spoken to can fix it for that. Suggest that the contractor might be working with the insurance company and has a retainer or something like that. <laughs> Again, the, the insurance companies have a, a wide group of vendors that work with them on a daily basis. So um, as a homeowner, you're entitled to get any contractor you want to do the repairs to your home. You don't have to use... The insurance company's contractor, you can use, if your brother's a contractor, you could use him. But if that number doesn't match what the regular contractor says, mm. then that's a red flag. Why not? That's an issue. Your business is, is much more popular in the United States than Absolutely. here in Canada. And in the US, there's criticism from the insurance industry that adjusters are driving up prices of insurance because of the cost of settlements. You're getting more money for clients and that that means that we're paying more for insurance. How fair is that concern? I, I can only speak to, I guess, my experience in Canada. Mm -hmm. I think in the US is much different um, because there are people call a public adjuster immediately and, and there's thousands of public adjusters there. But here I think a, 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 a very small percentage of the claims uh, end up with either a lawyer or a public adjuster um, because 
20, it's like the 80-20 rule. 20% of the claims cost the insurance company 80% of their claims payout. They're the big ones. Mm-hmm. But 80% of the claims are probably under $20,000. So those don't make the difference. It's it's the the major losses that that cause a, a, a problem. Um, we're getting them what they should get. For people who are listening to this, aside from calling someone like yourself, if they have gone through something and they're trying to settle a claim, and they're having problems, and they're feeling like what they're being, what's being dangled in front of them is not anywhere near commensurate to what they feel they are owed. What advice would you give them? Um, call, and get a, call and get an opinion from an experienced insurance person. We do free consultations all the time um, because sometimes it doesn't make sense for people to hire us, and we'll tell them that. But if somebody's not comfortable about it, they should investigate a bit further before just accepting what the initial offer is. Which is really hard when really hard. your life has been, you know, washed away or, right. or burnt up in a fire. And, and again, I think Canadians as a whole are, are, are trusting. Um, how could you think my insurance company that I've been with my whole life and never had a claim, how, how could they not pay me what I'm entitled to get? I think a lot of people feel that way. Brendan, thank you very much. Thank you, Matt. Appreciate it. That's the current podcast for today. I'll talk to you soon. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.